ever dreamed that one day, no matter how long it may take us, as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures. And we will accept no outcome but victory. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully. Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. And we hope you enjoy. Today's riff is brought to you by Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, great band. Very oh, underrated. So from underrated. that like emo era of like uh, Fall Out Boy and all that. Yeah. Um, definitely under the radar. I think they had a couple of like uh, 19, 1985 and like, um, that, or that, no, that was Bowling for Soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do know that they were kind of slightly under the radar compared to like. Um, Motion City soundtrack, Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, and all that. You know, sometimes I get surprised at the music that you listen to. Oh, I did. It's like I, the exact yeah. same same thing. I was. I listened to like so that was my thing. Is I was very eclectic. Like, yeah. I mean, I was. I grew up on one hundred four point three oldies with old mm. Dick Biondi with my dad. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and then from there, I, I when I was in like elementary school, I only listened to the Beatles. Really? Yeah. Like my buddies and I got really into the Beatles. One buddy did because his parents were. Yeah. And he was like pretty cool. So we followed him. This is going to be very telling of me, but like in elementary school and middle school, I was listening to NWA and Sublime. <laughs> you were way cooler. <laughs> so like I was, oh no. Yeah. I went to an all white <laughs> middle school. <laughs> so you fit in really well with that yeah, jamming out. Yeah. Yeah. But that just kind of shows why I'm so hardcore. Well, you got so that. You gangster. got that from your brothers then, right? Uh, NWA, who, who, yeah. uh, NWA for my sister. Okay. Sublime was my older brother. I that actually a, makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff's a big, you know, sublime guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot to talk about tonight, Brian. Yeah. And we're going to have to, you know, I'm going to bring as much levity to the situation as I can, but it, unfortunately it's, uh, 
it's a pretty sad thing that's going on right now in Texas. Yeah, and and we we touched on it a decent amount last podcast, but you and I even after the podcast, we started reading more about it. Yeah, and it was like you know rolling rolling updates were coming in as we were finishing our podcast, so we wanted to do full justice to or at least as much justice as we could do uh, for a podcast, but bring a little bit more of a spotlight to it than just like being a part of a podcast. We wanted to do a full one and talk about what, what went on, what's going on, what's going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously uh, the whole goal of this podcast is to, um, well, to spend time with each other and uh, talk shit to each other, (laughs) but most more, more, more than, more than anything, it's to, um, kind of sp- spread a little bit of uh, knowledge to everybody to teach everybody something to keep yeah. people informed. Um, and you know, our, our goal is to obviously one day reach the masses um, and become, you know, big enough to, to hopefully have some influence um, on, on people. Well, um, and, and I think that's, I think you've really hit the nail on the head. There is like spreading a little bit of knowledge. And, and we also talk about like how to communicate with that knowledge. Yeah. It's like, you and I, you know, in disagreement or agreement, we always have this respectful tone or, or always joke, you know, joking tone. Yeah. Um, but also when we spread the knowledge, I know some listeners, you know, look to us as, as like a news update where, where yeah. what's going on and what yeah. do we miss? Now, with Texas in particular, we all know that there's a blizzard going on. Like you, it's it's the number one news story right now um, in America. And it's, you know, but... It, locating the the intricacies of the issues and and kind of pinpointing okay what went wrong yeah a bunch of snow was dumped on a state that wasn't expecting it yeah um and we can talk about how that is you know climate destabilization and and all that but there's other factors involved that really led to this crisis and the continuing crisis for me that is kind of like an economic and infrastructure crisis going on around around the the country um and this is just a microcosm of you know the failures that are probably going to be happening over the next 20 years if we don't start rectifying them immediately yeah yeah and it's not just um you know a a, a state that wasn't expecting snow it's a state that just doesn't really get a whole lot of snow right right you know what i mean so it's like it's like dropping you know the amount of snow that we have outside of brian's garage studios on florida they wouldn't know what to do with it (laughs) Um, so, I mean, and it's, and it's more than that too. It goes back to what Brian, what you were saying last week about, um, or last week, is that, yeah, today's Sunday. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Technically. Cool. Yeah. Whew. Back on this again, where I don't know what, uh, <laughs> what to say at the end of the episode, what day, what day I'll see you guys next. <laughs> um, it's been a long day, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I mean, it goes beyond just, um, just the snow, you know what I mean? So you're, you're dealing with the regulations on power. So whereas most of the country deals with power through the state or, you know, or whatever, you know, Texas takes care of it themselves. It's completely privatized. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they also have like a, you know, a, it's called, it's called ERCOT. It's the electric reliability council of Texas and it manages the, the state grid. And that's kind of this governing body that isn't governed by anything else. And it's um, kind of led to a lot of the issues and, one of the the things is, and what I want to relate to people, is why this is becoming such a financial issue now. At first, it was, will people survive? And right. some people, you know, 
were greatly affected by this, and, and we don't know a death toll yet, or at least I haven't seen anything just yet. But we are already seeing the financial tolls. Um, and that's not to say, like, insurance, you know, uh, busted pipes. And, you know, you you probably saw the videos of of pipes breaking in houses and flooding the houses. Right. Um, <clears throat> people having to uh, shovel snow into their bathtubs just to have running water. They would let it melt in the tub and, and all that. And then you had, like damages to goods in the home because it was frozen right yeah uh, things that weren't supposed to be frozen so there was a lot of damage but then one of the m- most interesting in a bad way uh, aspects to all of this is the energy crisis that's happening mm-hmm. and the way texas operates is through a supply and demand um kind of chain and you know when demand when the supply was so low demand went up Right. Now, some of those people who lost power, you know, were in, you know, dire straits and they were figuring out what to do. Just the same, the people that did have power are now facing financial issues. Right, right. That's a very good point because, I mean, it's to the point now where you're getting people who are having, you know, th- several thousand dollar bills uh, just to run electricity to their, to their house, you know, to do the essential things that they need to do during the day. Yeah. Um, I heard, gosh, there was a couple of them that I went over today. One person's was like a thousand dollars, you know what I mean? For the month. Yeah. And, um, you know, on top of this, you know what I mean? It's not like the pandemic skipped Texas. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people out of work in Texas right now. Too. Sure. Um, and so you're dealing with those repercussions as well. So it's like now if I didn't have enough money hardships, you know, there's this to tack onto it. So it's like, what did they say? Fifty percent of the state had no power. Uh, I, I know it was several million people. I don't know uh, exact percentages. Yeah, I want to say it was. I think it was something around there. Fact check me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, not you, Brian. The listeners. Mm. <laughs> Fact check me on everything. <laughs> um, but even if you did have power and you were one of the fortunate ones, it's like now you're you're you know you're yeah. screwed if you do. You're screwed if you don't. <clears throat> And that's the craziest part is like you didn't know that this was going to be the case. Right. Um, I wasn't pinching my pennies for a thousand dollar. Right. Well, and, and, you know, this one I I was reading a story about, I think his name was William Doerby or something like that. He's a 63 year old army veteran in Texas, and he had a bill that wiped out his life savings. He had to spend $16,700 plus um, to pay off his energy bill for the last month um so while some people are facing thousands of dollars he faced a sixteen thousand dollar um issue and you know paid it off but he just wiped his entire life Life savings savings is gone and he's 63 he's not going to get out there and start doing some overtime shifts and stuff like that right at least i hope not he's 63 he shouldn't have to right um and you know i look at this in, in in remark about like this is a microcosm for what's going on in America. When we consistently deregulate and have issues like this, that's how you have people going bankrupt from, um, you know, medical conditions. That's mm-hmm. how you, now now all of a sudden people are going to be going bankrupt for keeping the lights on in their home, um, and and this is a very big deal. Um, I know Jerry Jones runs. Uh, he's the the owner of the Cowboys and. Um, his company remarked that it was like hitting the lottery because natural they run like the natural gas supply mm-hmm. and um, they were able to jack up prices because of the demand. People that usually paid like three cents a kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. um, the, the prices were allowed to fluctuate to $9 an hour. 
So if you think back to like early days of Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. when we had that quote unquote surge pricing, yeah, <clears throat> and you'd be like New Year's Eve, there's not as many drivers, there's a ton of people wanting them, so the prices get jacked up, supply right. versus demand, right? And there's a certain level of understanding that happens with that. And like, if you're talking about taxi companies or you know Ubers and Lyfts. There's a little understanding like, hey, you don't need to take an Uber. You could have you know, set up a, D- a DD situation. You right. could have done all these other things. You don't have a choice right. in Texas or anywhere else like to be like, yeah, I don't want to use you guys for electricity. And right. Then you don't get any. So that's the problem here is like when we talk about capitalism, the reason the market will work is if there's competition, if there's a level of you know, fair play within the marketplace, I can choose. And when you have that freedom to choose, then it can, you know, feed off the marketplace. But when um, when the marketplace is basically controlled by one entity, they control the price. Right. And when we saw the energy prices go on in Texas, where you're talking three cents versus nine dollars a kilowatt hour, um, I'm looking at a at a bill right now um, from February first to the nineteenth, twenty twenty one. This one woman had an all-in rate of her wholesale, her quote-unquote wholesale electricity, the all-in rate was $3 a kilowatt hour. She said she has a 1,300-square-foot building or house. The heat was set at 660, so not a very high level. No laundry, no running dishwasher, no stove, no oven cooking, only used an air fryer, lights off during the day, candles on most of the night, TV was on some, and somehow she racked up 1,772 kilowatt hours for a grand total of $5,000 from February 1st to the 19th. So that's, that's, like, that's like five months of your mortgage payment. Exactly. You know what I mean, depending on the size. Yeah, so if you look at that, that is something that, A, you can't control, right? right? She tried to control. She knew, like, oh, shoot, you know, the supply and demand might fluctuate. She was ahead of the game and mm-hmm. was taking into consideration well, yeah, the supply's out, so I better I better use candles. I better right. not have lights on during the day. I'm going right. to keep my, my temperature control very, very low. 60 degrees is not comfortable by any stretch. It was more comfortable than the people with no power in their, you know, their homes were in the 30s and, and low right. 40s. But it was at 60 degrees. I know personally, well, personally, we keep our temperature at 69 degrees in the house at all times. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a good temperature. It's a great number. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that, and just, just really quick, too. So the most recent uh, death toll that I can find here is 58 people. So 58 people died because it snowed. Yeah. Like, that's, 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 and that's the emph- crazy. That's where the, the, the emphasis needs to be. Like, because it snowed and got cold. You know what I mean? I don't know what the actual temperature. I should check the temperature in Texas right now. Um, I do know. By Monday, it's supposed to be really starting to warm up. And it started to warm up now, I believe, in Houston and southern mm-hmm. Texas. Um, and uh, the Dallas area and, you know, even yeah, the Texarkana, degree. 64 Oklahoma. degrees in Houston. Yeah, right now. so it's, it's, it's heating up relatively quickly. But like we said, 58 people died. Uh, and and we're, we're sitting back and looking at this. And, and how does this happen? How, how does this happen? you know in the richest country in the world like how does this happen and this is the frustrating thing for me um and and, you know i'll I'll kick it back to you but it it seemed as though 
when we get faced with a crisis, okay, now it's time to start actioning on things. And like I said last time, we really, really need to stop being reactive and being more proactive. Yeah, that's a great point. Here's what really gets me. Mm-hmm. Here's what really grinds my gears. <clears throat> um, and I, I only have to say this because you brought up, so we're the, the richest country in the world. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the trailblazers. Mm-hmm. We have all this, you know, limitless potential. We have all this technology. And yet there was not a quicker response to go help all of those people. And I'm not trying to pick on the Biden administration because I'm not saying they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But if you are the leader of the free world, mm-hmm. why the fuck was there no response going to get FEMA down there, get people down there immediately, mm-hmm. start handing out space blankets. Is that what they call it? Space blankets? The heat blankets? Sure. The ones that come in like your uh, first aid kit? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. I don't know the official title of them. But yeah, I, think, I, I thought that's what, what they were called. They're usually like dark blue and really uncomfortable very warm yeah 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 the, the reflective material oh those yeah okay i was thinking of no <laughs> were you thinking i was thinking of fire blankets i'm sorry oh brian that's okay yeah the ones you see at the end of a marathon when people like get wrapped up as yeah those yeah yeah those. they like wrap the person yeah. in at the end of the movie when they're getting to the ambulance yeah, they yeah saved the day sure um how, how do we have all this going for the country but we can't have a quicker response down there like we knew this was going to be devastating for them you know what I mean? You can say, well, well, we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, I don't know if they knew it was going to be this devastating. I mean, I don't think they did know. Yeah, but how long do you have to wait to see that this is going to be a shit show and you need to get on top of it? You said you you hit, a, you hit the nail on the head this time by saying we need to be more proactive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but But so with FEMA, it has to be an emergency relief. So the emergent situation has to have happened. You can't okay. just you can't be proactive with FEMA. But what I am saying is, like, when we're when we're being proactive, I'm talking grand scale, you know whether it's climate change yeah. or regulating, you know, energy supply, et cetera. You know how many millions of dollars we spend, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but to keep the te- like the the buildings climate controlled for like our our military services overseas. No, how it's much? in the millions and millions of dollars to keep the AC going. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I would think billions. I mean, probably over the year. Yeah. Probably over the yeah, course of the year, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's got to be crazy. For sure. I think the, With the, how many bases and how hard that energy has to work. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like and again, and I'm not, saying that it's, I'm not saying that it's something that we shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making a comparison. Or not, yeah. Or, you know, no, that's yeah. a very... You know what I mean? I, we could have... We could have... There There has to have... And I, it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback. That's a football term for you, Brian. <laughs> I had to Google it. Yeah. Um it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and say, Oh, well we could have done this and we, but there has to have been something. There has to have been a quicker response. You know, it, and and, Biden, Biden, uh, decided it was Friday. Okay. That he was able to send help to Texas with FEMA aid, um, for the winter storm and related power outages and water outages. Yeah. I was trying to lead you into the whole AOC thing there. I know. I know. And I'm excited because you know what? I do think because that's her that's her district, isn't it? You know, you would think yeah. the way she went yeah. and combated for it. You but like she that? yeah, like she's uh, she's actually from the Bronx. No shit. Yeah, you wouldn't know because she basically raised what we thought was three million is now entering the five million realm yeah, 4. because 7. it's at four point seven five now. Um, but by the time, you know, 
Sunday's over, it might be up to five million or whatever. I hope so, yeah. Um, but she essentially raised close to five million dollars, got on a plane, hustled down there, and worked with um, the representative Garcia, I believe, who is the um, house rep uh, out of Houston. So she and her, the two, the two incredible women, worked together to not only raise the funds, but then they went and worked at a food bank. Yeah. Um, and you know, food banks have become. Uh, uh, Shout out, Jason. Yeah, they've been a, a local, a, a very important thing, a near and dear thing to the Mad Libs community because we've had Jason on, and he, uh, you know, he educated us in, in, an incredible amount regarding how food banks and food pantries work. And I think AOC did a really nice job, you know, expressing the same things that Jason was, where we don't care if you're an undocumented immigrant, we don't care what you make a year. It doesn't matter what your employment status is. It doesn't matter, you know, what your salary status is. It doesn't matter your marital religious status. Nothing matters. If you need food, food, um, you come down, no questions asked, you will be taken care of. Right. And that's how food banks and food pantries work. It's, mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not about, you know, holding something over someone. It's not about, well, do you have SNAP? Do you have welfare? Do you have this first? It's... You need food. You're coming here. We're going to take care of you. And I think that's one of the most beautiful operations in this country. With that said, I was very surprised it took AOC, you know, someone who is in New York and, you know, having to deal with her own things and, and is a congresswoman, you know, working on legislation and whatever. And she's a very active member. So for her to have to do this to raise money, um, I thought was a really tremendous thing. And that's a that's a really great silver lining and you know i mentioned this to kevin yes part of that is for publicity but aoc you know alexandria ocasio cortez does an incredible job of a fundraising and b mobilizing people just the same beto o'rourke did an incredible job of mobilizing people to start doing a wellness check call list so they were able to do seven hundred and eighty-four thousand wellness check calls within the first, I think, two or three days. Mm -hmm. And so it's not only funds were coming in uh, from a, a representative outside that district. It wasn't only, you know, someone who got shorted by the Texans. You know, he, he, he missed out on his, his opportunities to be both a senator and president. Um, but he still did the right thing. And, and you know, I'm, I harped on it a little bit last time, and I'll say it again. Ted Cruz fled to Cancun, which he did acknowledge was a mistake, and he came yeah. back and he was trying to... It's one thing if you're just like a regular Texas resident and you decide, well, shit's hitting the fan here. I'm going go to go I got to get out. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a level of, That's you fine. know, my, fa my family's in danger. Right. And, right. and I would have... But when you're a politician, like, you know what I mean? And fly, your, fly your family away. Yeah. Like, fly them out or yeah. whatever. Travel safely with, you know, following the guidelines. Do all that. So it looks okay, but fly them away or even fly them to Cancun for a little vacation. That's fine. But you have shit to do. People are dying. You know, and that, you know, I, when I brought this up on Facebook, I, I, I posted as, well, this must be the end of the Ted Cruz, you know, political career. No. And I had people arguing about, you know, Gavin Newsom and, and stuff like that. So we're looking at the, well, first off, those arguments are essentially whataboutisms. Like, let's not talk about those. Let's talk about the issue at hand. Yeah. But, you know, that's how any debate goes a lot of times these days is whataboutism. But 
It's so easy. Well, it's so easy to get caught up in about in a whataboutism. Yeah, you know well, what I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you think they're, as soon as they're you get similar. Some, it's like when you're trying to sway a jury. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you just get that inkling of doubt. Yeah, in their mind. Point. Yeah, it's like well now you can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt because right. I'm doubting it already. <laughs> no, it's so true. I I feel I I have those conversations quite a bit where the digression happens within a debate. Now we digress on this podcast all the time, but when we're really focusing on one argument, whether it's we're both on the same side or opposite sides, I think we do a good job of staying on the argument. Now, in this particular instance, they wanted to bring up Pritzker going to Florida. They wanted to bring up Newsom going to, to the restaurant and his bullshit. Totally excuse. different. Yeah, his bullshit, you know, apology. Well, that not was, totally different, but it was, different. It, it, well, and that's the thing is it, it was, for me, it was completely different. At that point, the pandemic had already really been kind of identified and it was being dealt with. This happened and nothing had been dealt with yet. We hadn't figured out logistic issues. Right. We hadn't figured out business issues. We hadn't figured out the energy issues. And that's when Ted Cruz decided to leave. So similar in the fact though, that you, you're basically letting the people that you're supposed to be yes. working for down. Yes. And, and for me, Newsom versus Pritzker was different because Pritzker flew on a private jet to his own private residence in a way that would not have, you know, put anyone at risk, really, comparatively speaking. Now, Newsom was bullshit because he closed down the restaurants and then used them. So here nor there, we got off on this tangent, and I was like, wait, 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 bring it back to Ted Cruz, though. Like, he flew off to Cancun without doing a single thing. Meanwhile, you have other representatives flying in. You have... You know, people that were spurned by the Texan voters and and didn't get elected, you know, doing their thing to support Texas. And you have this opportunity for people to either rise or fall in a crisis. Yeah. And for me, this has really shown who is dependable and who is not. Just the same. When push came to shove, right, what was Dan Crenshaw doing? He was complaining that the Green New Deal did this to Texas. Yeah, bad move. He's yeah. I'm I'm really dis and I don't want to digress too much here either, yeah. but he's really disappointed me. Right, um, that's I, like, your I, people. I, I thought that he was going to be a, kind of like a, a shining star for the Republican Party. Yeah, and that's very quickly faded away. And this is what bothers me too is that um, that's God. I feel like I'm fucking complaining a lot today. No, Sorry, this is this it's is just that it's just bringing that, it to light. What, what what's what's bullshit to me is it's not just their fault. It's the people who continue to support them yes. blindly, blindly. I, I really enjoy, because um, I try to listen to both sides of the aisle, and I enjoy a, um, it's kind of like a comical YouTube um, slash podcast thing. It's the Hodge twins, a couple of Republican twins, and they're actually from, I think they're from Texas. Okay. Um, but they were talking about the Ted Cruz thing today. I was like, I want to see what these guys are saying because I wanted to know what the right had to say about what he had done. Because in my mind, there's no way that you can't still, you still have to harp on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like the left was harping on Newsom and everybody like that. Yeah. Um, but they were like, they ended their whole conversation about it by saying that if Ted Cruz runs in 2024, he'll be their guy. And I just said, how can you do that? Like, he just let the state down. Like, what's he going to do for the country? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're basically giving him an even bigger scale upon which to fuck up. 
or not, not necessarily to fuck up, but to not no, be, to no, not, to not, to, that, to not be no, there. Don't even, don't even retract that. That is absolutely what it is. And here's the thing, Brian. I'm fifty percent owner, bitch. You can't tell me what to say. Here's the thing <laughs> about that is like you can fuck up. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Own it and yeah. fix it. Yeah, right. Agreed. And Agreed. that's the thing. Like I will say, Ted Cruz acknowledged it was a mistake. Yeah, he he used some. Excuse that, like, oh, I was trying to be a good dad. My daughters wanted to go on a vacation because they had the week off of school. Well, why did they have the week off of school? I think it had to do with the snow day. Yeah. So when we look at that, yes, he made a mistake. He acknowledged it. And I right. think I think is yesterday or today he was doing some things. But it's like a little too little, a little too late. You literally just had not only a, it wasn't just a senator, like a really powerful senator. Like Bernie Sanders has this grassroots following. Like if he's like, if I need a donation, like, boom. He gets a grassroots fundraiser happening and right. millions pour, pour in. He's like the Bruce Wayne of fundraisers. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Except he has no money comparatively. But well, what I'm saying, though, is like, you know, yeah, it's he, all about who you know. Yeah, exactly. And he, he's able to, like, you know, his supporters are still very, very, you know, adamant in, in supporting whatever he says is good for the agenda of the country. Um, but not only did you not have a senator, it was, it was a person of the House of Reps. And that's what, for me, I'm very, very hopeful for AOC's political future because she doesn't cower in the big moments, right? And that's what you need. You need someone that's going to stand there and make decisions. Sometimes they're wrong, but they're making decisions, not fleeing away from making a decision. That's a good leader, right? The worst decision is the one that's not made, right? So when we look at this whole situation, there are, there are a couple of things that really stand out for me. Uh, with, with the Democratic Party really kind of using its influence and helping out a community that, in general, hasn't been, you know, I mean, it's not a blue state, right? right. But right. You, have, you have AOC rushing slowly, down. Slowly turning into one, though. That's true. And you have Beto, who, who you know, wasn't, wasn't, you know, supported in Texas throughout his Senate. Well, I mean, he got a close race with, with Cruz, but he didn't win. He didn't get enough of the support in Texas to win the Democratic nomination for presidency, so like he faded pretty quickly. So we have these other people kind of turning into the shining stars within the state, and I hope they acknowledge that. Who's there when you need them? And like you said, you know those Hodge twins or whomever, mm. I, I've never watched them, so I hate to be critical of them, but based off of what you're saying, it's like, when do when do people start to learn the lesson? Yeah, and and their thing, their whole shtick too is that like they're somewhat comical. You know what I mean? I think they're comedians too. So maybe maybe but they so were saying that. They were saying, yeah, maybe they were saying it, but it, I mean, it didn't it didn't resolve that way because I yeah. watched the video all the way through. Yeah. So sorry, Hodge twins, if you're listening. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, another another major issue for me is that this is a microcosm issue and it sounds funny is the largest energy producer and user in the in the country just had this major outage yeah but what we're seeing is a failure of infrastructure in america and that's power grids that's bridges that's roads that's uh public services Mm -hmm. you know the the actual servicing of the roads and stuff like that and, you know, communities generally do a really good job of kind of running those operations. But as a country, and, you know, the, the larger the entity gets, the less we've really focused on infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And as we look to pivot towards a, a more greener and self-sufficient model for the country, I think it's really important to 
repair those infrastructures and improve those as we go, right? So as, as we move away from fossil fuels, it is going to be absolutely, um, absolutely pivotal it, for us to convert those, those power systems, those infrastructural issues. We need to, to convert those into much more efficient models or, or more effective. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think this Texas thing is, is truly a, a devastating moment. And to have lost 58 people is so saddening. And as the ultimate political pessimist, I do see a silver lining here. Yeah. And that is a, it is a really, really hard but good lesson for us about infrastructure, about regulation, about energy in America, and about climate change. Yeah. It's also a really good opportunity to see, you know, who is there when we need them. And that's not just to say there's a there was a GOP I think it was the other senator besides Cruz, he even came out and criticized him and was like I'm not taking a vacation right now yeah like I got I got shit to do like mm -hmm. my, my country or my 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 state is in need yeah so I I hope that this is a a really really shiny lesson for Texans but also people around the country changes have to be made yeah and. Whether you want to say like not you, but you know people in general want to say like oh the Biden administration is really nice because it's center and blah blah blah, and bipartisanship is important. It's not bipartisan doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's all Democrats or if it's all Republicans saying climate change is real. It doesn't matter if it's fifty fifty. It, and Kamala is breaking a tie. What happens is if we get caught up in this bipartisanship, I don't care if it's Republicans making strides for a Green New Deal. Like, if that's what happens on the Republican Party, I'd be super stoked. I'd become a Republican, right? It's not about Republican or Democrat. It's about effective change in this country. It's effective change with the healthcare system, with energy management, climate change, right? When we have wealth gap issues, right? And we saw this in, in, in Texas as well. The more um, minority and less affluent areas suffered worse, right. obviously. Right, because mm. they have even worse infrastructure; mm -hmm. they're cared for less. So, if we don't start approaching those things aggressively, I don't know how much longer we can sustain as a as a reputable country in the world orchestra. Right. The problem is that there's so much money entangled in politics. First of all, sure. But a lot of that money that's entangled in politics is energy. You know what I mean? It's electric. It's uh, petrol, it's all that stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? And so that's why there's not, and I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist right now, but like that's why I feel there's not a lot of strides being made towards cleaner energy. Um, and that's one of the, probably one of the biggest things that I agree with the people on the left about. Citizens is, United is trash. <laughs> and there should be no money in I was politics. focusing more in the, on the energy thing. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. God, Brian. Um, made me lose my train of thought. And Ener energy, yeah. petrol, yeah. gas, money. Got it. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Brought you guys back on that journey with me. Um, and so we we don't see a lot of these strides. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Going forward towards you know more electric cars or something better. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe electric cars are not the way of the future. I watched a show one time where they were powering a car with air, compressed air. <laughs> yeah, really dope. Um. 
but you see all this stuff fall by the wayside. You know what I mean? And the, those strides don't and, 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 like with power, solar power. Yeah, such an easy thing. Yeah. Why are more houses not outfitted with solar power? It's expensive. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. It's like we constantly say, "Oh, this is expensive to make the change." Fossil fuel is just like it has so many jobs. It is so so cost efficient when really it's not. But like we, we, it's too expensive to make the big the big changes towards. You know, either a nuclear energy, which is a non-renewable source, but far more effective, and or, efficient. Yeah, or the full the full go with you know solar, wind, hydro, you know thermal, all those different mm-hmm. renewable energy sources. We don't want to make the jump, and oh, it's too too expensive. And it's like, but then we're faced with crises like this, and it's like, it would have been less cost effect or it would have been more cost effective to make those jumps earlier on right and as we continue to push you know kick the can down the road you know it's only going to become more expensive yeah and it's it eventually you have to pay that price right it's like your credit card bill yeah you either you either clear it at the end of the month or it collects interest and becomes more expensive right and everything america is doing with all of our functional systems and I've read them off, healthcare, energy, everything. We just keep kicking the can down the road instead of taking the big leaps towards a progressive system. And I'm not saying progressive like, oh, Democratic. I'm saying progress for people, where yeah. people are be- in better shape today or tomorrow than they were today. Yeah. We're, well, we're, we're really losing that sight. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, too, like hindsight uh, is, is now like me. It's or no, I'm not like hindsight. I'm not 2020 anymore. I shouldn't. I, just got, <laughs> I can no longer be. I can no longer yeah. fulfill my dreams. Hindsight of being, is 2020. Yeah, I can no longer fulfill my dreams of being an airline pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that'd be a cool job. Yeah. Um. But yeah, hindsight's 2020, man. You know what I mean? And that's what sucks because you can't go back. It's like the end, it's like the line at the end of the office where Andy Bernard mm-hmm. says, um, "I wish there was a way to know that you were in the good old days before they're gone." And I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. And we know, right? So I, I, so I want to ask you something here, too. Sure, fire away. Because... Um, are we rolling up on time, or are we still got some? We have a little bit of time left. Okay. A little okay, bit of time okay, left. Okay, okay. Yeah, Brian and I are going to... Uh, do a second. Yeah, we're going to do a second a second podcast tonight, so two shorter ones today. But I do want to ask you a question, because you're talking a whole lot about progress, and you're talking a whole lot about moving forward. Uh-huh. You always talk about leveling everyone up. Yeah. What can be done here? What do you think needs to be done? Because here's the thing: you can't just. I'm, I'm not. I'm taking away the magic wand for this one. Sure, sure. Um, because you've been bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I want realistic here. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do we make things more affordable? And do you think that there is some sort of like truth to this whole idea that? Energy companies make, you know, they, they kind of restrict the research that's done on these things. Um, mm-hmm. I should not have listened to the Conspiracy Theory podcast today from <laughs> Parcast. I fucking love it, though. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I was just watching was on um, uh, Peak Oil, which I brought up in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah I listened to the second one today. And, like, some of the conspiracy theories were, like, proven true, which is, yeah, like, wacky. absolutely. Or, like, big, basically big wigs cut the funding for people who have like who are trying to find like alternative uh, alternate uh, ways of yeah. fueling cars and things like that but anyways I digress so how do we do it how do we make things more affordable is it something you know I know you're all for more taxes do you mm-hmm. want to take some of those tax dollars and outfit all new houses with um, solar panels or whatever I, th- I personally think solar and nuclear are the way to go 
I think wind energy, it, it does have some faults. Mm. Um, I don't know much about hydro energy. So great question. Um, and I think how do we make energy more affordable is um, like most things, you take the profiteering out of it. I think when it comes to innovation and you know efficacy, I don't think all regulation is bad. I do think hopping through a bunch of red tape and stuff like that can stunt the growth. But at this point, it's become so outrageous, whether it's with energy or you know drilling or whatever the case is, the regulations have been so far rolled back that we really need to be more cognizant of it. And I do think taxation is really important. I think with that taxation, we need to be more, uh, I guess you would say, like, you know, progressive in the sense that what are the tax dollars going towards? Right. Do I think we need to raise taxes? Yes, absolutely. Not right now in the coronavirus pandemic, not even on the rich. Yeah. Okay. So, and you've heard me absolutely scold how much money the richest people have made during this pandemic. Oh, absolutely. But right now, I want everyone to have money and then we slowly build the taxation brackets back up right and i do think there needs to be a much stiffer progressive tax on the upper five percent of america um, when you're making you know billions of dollars you you should be losing a lot of that towards tax dollars i'm i'm talking you know 60 to 70 percent if you're over a billion um but but with that money what do we do well, we don't engage as much in the military complex. We look to fix what's going wrong here. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we're spending millions and millions. I, I, I thought it was probably closer to billions on energy for air conditioning and, and stuff like that for soldiers overseas, thinking. which is good. I want soldiers to be taken care of. But why are they overseas still for you know different things? Now, I understand you know we need to have bases and stuff like that. But the amount of people that are, are still overseas or are still tactically engaged is kind of daunting to me. So I would, I would like to see more money spent on the infrastructure. So it's not just, oh, well, let's just tax the shit out of everyone. It's also let's be smart about how we spend. We also need to be very, very cognizant of how we regulate. We don't want to regulate necessarily the way people go about innovating, but we do need to regulate the innovations that have already happened, you know, <clears throat> For instance, with like big tech, yeah, right, like Facebook and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we saw it in the social dilemma when they were talking about like the amount of data collection, which is the uh, most expensive commodity now. It is the most valuable commodity in the world is data. Yeah, and the data should be taxed, mm-hmm. right? But we don't think about that. We don't. We just sit back and say, "Oh, well, we'll just tax their you know capital gains or whatever." Right, right, right. Like we need to be more proactive in how we tax and, and how we regulate. So we need to regulate big big tech. We need to tax them differently. Just the same with energy, we need we need to be taxing them differently. Mm-hmm. We need to be going about it differently. And I don't want to phase out all fossil fuels immediately, but we need to be trending that way. So right. people that worked in that industry, the coal miners. You know, the natural gas wellers and, and stuff like that. Yeah. The people doing those things are now being transferred and taught and trained not to be a software engineer. They like physical labor. Then let's teach them a different physical labor. Let's teach them how to install solar panels. Let's teach them how to, um, you know, fix wind turbines when they get really cold. Right. Let's teach them how to winterize them. Let's start moving 
in a green direction. So we're not falling back on a crisis again in 10 years and being like, shit, we didn't winterize the wind turbines in Texas. And here we are facing another blizzard because it's going to happen. Yeah. $20.2 billion a year. <coughs> That's how much we spend to air condition. Yeah. Yeah, billion, billions of dollars. $20.2 billion. And, and, and that's money that is not staying in America, right? You're paying the energy companies in those countries where they are. Now, some of the, you know, that's how it goes, right? We have to keep them air-conditioned, but let's be very, very thoughtful in how we do it. And that's, you know, when it comes to the military. Are we ever proactive or are we always reactive? And by that, I mean we react to something and then, like, immediately launch into it without a real good plan. I mean, we're still in the Middle East after the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. I mean, they haven't even completed. I mean, as, as much as George Bush wanted to say mission accomplished, it wasn't. Yeah. It's not done. So, like, we have to be very, very thoughtful in how we go about that. Yeah. So I would really, really like to think, you know, with military, with healthcare, you know, the more we can really start to figure out these systems. And, and I think we have them figured out. We just don't want to do that, like the things that need to be done. Right. You know, I am a big believer in Medicare for all. Why? Because it drags down the healthcare costs of everything. You know, Canada has a great healthcare system. Norway has a great healthcare system. Like we see it. It's happening. And people want to go, oh, well, you have a wait time. When was the last time you saw someone with, you know, a knee issue and they like immediately the next day went and got it fixed? Unless it's an emergency one, but a hip replacement and stuff like that, it doesn't happen the next day. You have to schedule it out. Just like a dental appointment, like you have to schedule it out. But anything emergency happens immediately. And that's what all of this is just, it's all in crisis mode and we don't do anything. We just, we just patch it up and say, oh, we'll figure it out later. And we need to stop doing that. That's why I'm so focused on like progressive moves and all of these things. It's like, let's start moving in the right direction now so we don't have a crisis in 10, 15 years with Wall Street, with with housing, with healthcare, with you know climate change, with energy. We keep waiting for the crisis. That's how you fix it. Stop waiting for the crisis. Plan for it. Yeah. I agree with you on what you said. A lot of what you said, they're not all. Sure. Right, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I mean, for, that's, that's for another podcast. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we're, I mean, they can hear us on, on the healthcare system in you know episode 22 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right. we, we, we cover all these things and, and we're always going to bring things back up because they're central arguments to politics in general. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, how do we fix this? That's how I would. How would you go about fixing this? I think that um, I think it's more simple than we let on. Um, I think that the government should be investing money from, you know, whatever else they're spending it on. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly what I can't give you. You know, there's a lot of things, obviously, yeah. that I think they should take funding away from. Um, and they should take some of that funding and invest it in um, clean energy science, clean energy research. Because um, as soon as you... language, buddy. Because as Woo. soon as... As soon as you... Education. As soon as you... Yeah. I want to be smart one day. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, if you invest that money into it, you know what I mean? Eventually you're going to find cheaper ways. You, you look at a, a TV from, you know, fuck, even like 10, 15 years ago, giant bricks, you know what I mean? They're huge. They're massive. They cost a shit ton of money. A 22 inch TV from like, I think 2000 maybe probably, uh, 
it was like f- over five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You can get a forty-four inch smart TV, four K capable, for like one hundred and sixty-nine dollars now at Walmart. You know what I mean? Someone's and that's been because shopping. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just bought a new microphone. Yeah, uh, literally. <laughs> uh, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for that. Yeah. Um, I think that you know what I mean. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but like over the course of maybe a few years, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean. We can come up with some better, some more uh, affordable technology. You know what I mean. It's just like, and I know how much you don't really like Elon Musk, but he's really pushing towards an affordable electric car for people. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that's what we need to do with the same thing with energy. You know what I mean. Um, and, well, and I th- and again, and we need to get first of all too. We need to do away with. Um, fossil fuel energy you know what i mean i as i've said many times before i think nuclear energy is fine as long as it's managed properly the right regulations are on it um you know obviously you have to figure out a a place to put that waste i don't know exactly how long those cores last but it's quite some time if memory serves um but even going towards that where you're having you're having basically a zero emission energy output until you have to get rid of that nuclear core Mm-hmm. Um, you know, moving towards things like that, things like natural gas and, and, um, you know, petrol for energy is like that. It's just so outdated for me. So, so how about this? <clears throat> yeah. Is a way to start moving away or incentivizing fossil fuel companies to do what I say and like transition themselves, like mm-hmm. use their surplus of, of profits every year to start transitioning. How about instead of um, giving them subsidies, we just take those away because they get billions of dollars yeah. a year. Twenty, I think it's like that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, billions of dollars in tax. That's kind of what subsidies. I was alluding to yeah. earlier by saying we could take money from other away from other things. Yeah. Right? So instead of giving them tax breaks, like no, you're a huge producer of waste and you've been a threat to our energy supply. So let's you can only yeah. get those incentives if you start transitioning to green. Well, and a lot of it, too, is people forget so quickly. You know what I mean? Think back to when was that? Was it 2008, the BP oil spill? Oh, yeah. What was it, Deepwater Horizon? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. The Mark Wahlberg movie. They made a movie about that? Yeah. No shit, Mark Wahlberg's in it? Yeah. Oh, I'll watch that. Yeah. I love Mark Wahlberg. I think it was literally called Deepwater Horizon. That's probably true. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, 2016 they made the movie. Okay, so you know what I mean? Like, you have that. BP spilt fucking tons of oil, and it's because they cut corners. Yep. They literally cut corners because they wanted to save money. Um, and then they, they, they kind of just fucking, like, shat the bed because they had to pay all this money. It was billions in lawsuit. I think it was, like, $60 billion mm-hmm. they had to pay. And then she's like, oh, it's whatever. You still see BP gas stations everywhere. They're doing fine. People are still pulling in. I never go to BP. Fuck them. Fuck those assholes. If you're listening to BP, get your shit together. But the thing is, I don't want, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, you take those subsidies away from them. But then the problem you run into is like, I don't want those same people in charge of my solar energy. You know what I mean? That's those, a good point. Those, those same execs, those same assholes. No, no that's offense. a great point. I, I, you know I was I mean? trying to I'll, be centrist and, and be like, no, me, I want them. No, I want gone. Being centrist is speaking your mind there, Bri. And so I'm just telling you, brother, right. like, fuck that shit, man. I want some, like, you know what I mean? I want more people like 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 Tesla. I want more people like... Um, well, Apple Apple has just, from what I heard, is trying to make an iCar. 
Yeah, so no, you're, I've, seen, I've like seen videos of it. 300 engineers were hired yeah. like, to, to start that. That's sick. I know someone was asking Elon about it, and he was like, well, if they are, they're getting very serious about it. They just hired 300 engineers. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's great. But like you said, and, and to go back, um, the Deepwater Horizon cost BP, which is a British company, um, $61 billion. It was a total was, of 60. I said 60. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was $63.4 billion in legal fees and cleanup costs. Which, yeah, but the problem is, but, but, but the, the thing with that is, though, they didn't do anything to fucking clean up. They sat around and did nothing. Yeah, not only that, what does that, ha- that, that cost? Just a write-off. So they yeah. don't pay taxes on the next $60 right. billion in profits. So that, that's the other thing. So I, I agree with you. Don't I, go to BP. I, I agree that, <clears throat> in general, they're, they're not the, the best organizations and, and, and such. So I would like BP to Because BP was one of the first split-offs off of uh, Standard Oil. It was BP, uh, Chevron, and um, Exxon. Exxon. Yeah. Well, and, and with that in mind, you know, you have these uh, these companies that are experimenting, like uh, with you know electronic batteries and yeah. stuff like that. And and the one that I was looking at was QuantumScape, and they were a solid state battery, and you know their stock price is going up and down and up and down. And I was like, oh, cool. Anyways. The idea here is, is we need to be investing in those companies instead of using, you know, subsidies to keep those fossil fuel companies going. Like, let's take that, you know, subsidy, what it, what it would cost. Don't give them that tax break and shove that cost or shove that money into incentivizing green energy. Yeah. Oh, whole lot covered there, Brian. Yeah. I mean, as a quick recap, we talked about Texas. Um, we talked about some of the financial issues with some specific, in, you know, instances, but also some more generalized instances. Um, we talked about <clears throat> the political ramifications, the economic ramifications, and then the silver lining. We, we saw some people show up and rise up and help yeah. one another. You saw a lot of actual, you know, Houstonians and Dallas natives and, and all that really helping each other as well. Um, I, I do have friends in, in the Dallas and Austin area, and I saw a lot of them reaching out to help one another. Uh, one instance, kind of a funny one, but also like, wow, A, didn't know you could do it, and B, what a, what a tremendous thought process. Uh, a woman had a, a nice little collection of wine. Mm-hmm. She started boiling it all down to the water so she could give water to people. She had like a nice little wine collection and That's boiled awesome. it all down to water and like stripped it and gave it out. That's dope. Right? That's I mean, dope. and that's what, that's what people were doing is they were looking to help one another. And it's yeah. not red or blue. It's not Republican or Democrat. When we stop and think we're a community and we operate like that, man, damn, we are, we are, we are capable of so much more than what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the podcast is too. We're capable of so much more, Brian. And we're capable of Because it. of you guys. Because of you. And, yeah. and, and it sounds kind of trite and, and all that. We're I seeing more and more right, people. We're trite. seeing more and more people. Hop on board. Um, if you are listening, spread the word. Help yeah. people join this community as well. If you're if you're suffering, you're doing all these other things in the community. We appreciate all that you're doing. But if you want to bring more people into the Mad Libs community, tell them about the podcast. Yeah, let them know. We're here for you guys. Thank you guys so much for yeah. listening. Uh, remember, you guys can uh, get some sweet merch yeah. at madlibspodcast.threadless.com. You guys can support us on our Patreon page too, patreon.com slash Podcast. Like, subscribe. Madlibspodcast.com. We love you guys. Love you. Well, guys, we're here.
We've made it to the end. Wait, 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 Kevin, Kevin. We got to thank our sponsors. What sponsors? Well, we, we haven't gotten any official sponsors yet, but we do have Patreons. Oh. And we should let people know that they can join our Patreon for subscribing from 5 to 10 to $20. Any amount helps. Yeah, thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. If you guys don't want to do a monthly subscription, you can also support us by buying some of our awesome clothing at madlibspodcast.threadless.com. And that's a win, win, win. win. <laughs> also, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, we would love for you to follow us on our Facebook page and oh. our Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.